Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You found your way back to your favorite MLS podcast. Yes, that's right. It's Post and Pints, and we are here, beer in hand, ready to talk about all the biggest MLS action from across the league. As always, Kyle, Dre, Alex are joining me, Matt, as we get through these cans of beer and we start talking nothing but perfect MLS action with an interview. So stick around. We have a special guest coming this way. But first, guys, as always, before we start talking about the action, we have to sip on the nectar of the gods. And Alex, I'm going to start this one off with you. You've had a rough day and you're just, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so I had no ginger ale. So I'm just taking straight shots of Jameson at this point. Mm. Out of and, his and toilet. Out of for, my for favorite shot glass score, that people can't see it. Yeah, yeah, Dre, explain. What, what are you looking at? Look at that. I was saying, for, the, for the viewers that are not on Patreon, what's your shot glass, Alex? It's a, it's a toilet. It's a representation of where my life is right now. Um, before I move on, does that toilet have a fucking bidet on it? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not like your dirty-ass toilet. This, this commercial brought to you by Toshi. Uh. I Everyone swear to God, Google I'm what a tushy is. Everyone, Google a tushy right now. T U S H Y. I'm calling up Char- and buy it. I'm calling Charmin tomorrow. We're getting sponsored by Charmin. Before Fuck Dre Charmin. starts calling, before tushy. Dre is calling toilet paper companies asking for a sponsorship. Kyle, you have a beverage this evening that was given to you by a very special person. I do. That special person. I gave you something. Is. One of the biggest dickheads I've ever met in my life. I've known him for 11 years. What <laughs> oh, a yeah. Look at him cry. Yeah, so, Kyle, yeah I was going to say, Kyle and I celebrate, celebrated our Facebook friend anniversary today. Ooh, exactly. Kyle, wow. Kyle, you realize 11 is the toilet paper anniversary, so I'm hoping you no, got all that. No, we're changing shirt. it to the tushy anniversary, bro. Yeah. Today is nothing. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking... For everybody that isn't on this podcast, um, everybody's least favorite mustache came over to my house yesterday and brought me uh, Brady's Nightmare by 902 Brewing Company, and I'm about halfway through it, and it's 10%. So I might be slurring my words by the time we talk about Portland. Least favorite mustache. I'll remember that. Andre, you have... I, I I don't know if I want to continue. I'm I'm wounded and just leave me here to die. <laughs> You're in full support of the tushy, unlike some jerk off on this podcast. Nah, cause the bidet hits different, bruh. All right, Dre, what are you and your dirty asshole drinking this week? Every time. See, that's why that's why, you know, my phrase in the show is wash your ass. Cause I wash my ass. <laughs> Yo, you yes, can't be you can't wash, wash your ass, ass when you don't, you don't wash your ass. Tushy. You can't, I am say, drinking... you can't take a piece of paper. No, no, no. Fuck your beer. You can't take a piece of paper, smear your fucking cream cheese butthole, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and they go, oh, it's clean. Nah, my dude, you need a tushy. You need a tushy to clean Yeah, because, you know, because every single toilet has a hot water connection. So, you know, when it's 20 degrees in January, it shoots ice cold icicles in your dude, asshole. That's going to be good for men. You don't. You don't need. Uh, you don't need coffee in the morning. You just hit. Get a fucking shot of tushy to the ass. Yeah, be good. I'm awake. Yeah, that's not how I like waking up. Ooh. So I'm gonna not do that. This is the I'll greatest. Folgers in this my is cup. the greatest conversation <laughs> this podcast has ever had, and it has absolutely nothing to do with soccer. You know what's sad is that tune like, in our people, complete, people tune in on our new house. completely separate podcast where we all talk about our assholes. People come <laughs> to this house. And they go, what is that thing on the toilet? And then we tell them what it is. And then we'll, like, hear, like, they have to go to the bathroom. And, like, we pressure them to use it. 
in like a scary way. Like me and Kyle will sit outside the bathroom and yell at you to use this tushy while you sit there and cry that you don't want to use it. So it really, it really helps. It really, it really helps me go when I have two grown ass men yelling at me from the opposite side of the door. (laughs) Doesn't it? Doesn't it? We just scare the shit out of you. All that aside, um, I discovered that Fat Tire makes a Belgian wheat beer, which I'm like, oh, cool. I like Belgian wheat beer. So I'm trying Fat Tire's uh, Belgian wheat. So it's a nice nice, uh, Blue Moon style beer from Fat Tire. I like how the drinking part of the conversation just became a backseat to the asshole part of the conversation. (laughs) Well, basically, you three are the biggest assholes in my life. So, I mean, it's only fitting. So, Yeah. yeah. And as for me... Uh, you've all heard us talk about Departed Souls quite often, a local favorite brewing company from a lot of people on the pod. But you also know I'm one who enjoys a pumpkin spice beer. Yes, that's right, boys and girls. Departed Souls has the ghost of pumpkins past, and it is quite delicious, and I'm enjoying it very much. So speaking of being kind to your fellow supporter, boys and girls, we actually have a very special guest Wait, this are you evening. Saying I have to be nice to Dre real quick. No, 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 not okay. at all, not yeah. at all. I just Thank need God. you to be. I just need you to be nice to the interview we're about to do, guys. We have one of a very famous person across the internet. I mean, y- you've seen his videos, and you definitely have sang along to some of his really funny songs. NYCFC supporter Andy Bahana has found his way all over the internet and i need everyone to stick around right now we're gonna hit the transition music and that interview is going to be now somewhere in the great world of the internet you have seen this man singing trust me there's not one chance you haven't seen him whether he's singing about his absolute love for Lewis Dunk or singing beautiful lyrics about the possibility of Messi heading on over to NYCFC. I'm telling you right now, I have nothing but fun watching his videos. And I'm telling you right now, you have probably gotten a great laugh out of it as well. Recent videos showing over 150,000 views on some of his songs. So it's nothing but a congratulations to him. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Andy Bahana to Post in Pints. Andy, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, pleasure to be here. I'm telling you right now, dude, like some of these videos are just the absolute like, again, we're going to share some links if you haven't, but I really can't imagine you haven't seen him singing. And it's just it's an absolutely fun time. And it's just that that connection between soccer and music is absolutely beautiful. So we definitely got some questions to ask you. So I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, can't wait to to get into it, man. First and foremost, I'm going to lead this off here. And it's just a basic question. Basically, anyone we have as a guest. How did you become a supporter of NYCFC and Brighton Hove Valiant? I definitely can't stop singing about them. So I definitely am interested about this. Um, well, uh, NYCFC was because, I mean, obviously, look, if you were a fan of MLS back in the day and you lived in New York City, you wanted to support your local team, Red Bull was all you had. So I had been to, you know, um, Giant Stadium to watch the Metro Stars. Uh, I've been to Red Bull Arena and, uh, 
I was young, so I couldn't really go out to Jersey. I didn't have a car, you know, I didn't really have a job, so I didn't have money to travel out there. But uh, I moved to the Bronx the same year that NYCFC moved, well, uh, started playing at Yankee Stadium. And that's when I thought, you know what? I have a chance here to become a part of history. Like, I moved to the Bronx. This team's in the Bronx now. I feel, you know, I feel a connection. I always like blue more than the color red anyway. So, uh, yeah, everything <laughs> combined just made me want to become a, a fan and, you know, support this team. Oh, and uh, Brian and Hovalbian, that's a funny story. Uh, basically, I had a girlfriend. She broke up with me. And uh, her Premier League team was Crystal Palace. So when she broke up with me, I was like, who's Crystal Palace's biggest rival? Right, <laughs> never heard of them, but I'll start supporting them. And yeah, that, that is the greatest reason to support a soccer club I've that, ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, oh, that's, that that's is even, that's even better than the NYCFC store, to be honest. That's just hilarious. <laughs> I know, that's, that's that's absolutely incredible. And honestly, the whole I've connection though with NYCFC is I think that's awesome because you know, you moving to a place where at the exact same time a team is being birthed is I think that's that's a story you're going to carry with you for the rest of your life and that's definitely a connection you have with the club and I, I dude I think that's that's absolutely awesome but um now uh the Brighton thing that made my day like times two because <laughs> like I can't wait to tell people like I know a guy who started rooting for a club because his ex-girlfriend rooted for their rival that's that's perfect that's absolutely perfect uh cheers man yeah uh it, it is a crazy thought just obviously when it started it was a joke and i never expected to get so like sucked into it but the fans loved my reasoning um most people think it's hilarious and you know i i embrace it so yeah i'm glad you have a good sense of humor about it too you need to have that sense of just like oh man that come on that's perfect that's perfect <laughs> yeah so watching your videos, like I get a huge kick out of it, especially because like music's a big part of my life too. I've been playing drums since like the eighth grade. I played trumpet before that. Um, how did you manage to be able to combine your passion for music and soccer? Um, wow, that's a great question, man. <laughs> Nobody's ever asked me that before. And I've been asked a lot of things. I guess because I went to a performing arts high school and I studied drama, but while I went to a performing arts school, you know, you're surrounded by like dancers, musicians, uh, other talented people that you pick up other talents here and there. Uh, I've always loved music. You know, when, looking back at it before NYCFC and Brighton were in my life, I used to write like parody songs because I grew up listening to Weird Al Yankovic. He's a huge uh, idol of mine. So I guess when I when I started applying something that I've done my whole life towards soccer and I saw the reaction I got, I was like, Oh my God, you know, this works. I feel like it already goes hand in hand with the supporter culture, but like then when you, when you take it up a notch the way you do, it gets even better. That's a, that's a pretty cool recipe. Like just, Oh yeah. Weird Al Yankovic. Like all of us know Weird Al Yankovic and heard his songs and kind of, that's, that's a really awesome, like inspirational guy. Like, Oh, let me do that. And then like find something else in my life that I'm passionate about and kind of combine. Now I'm kind of wondering where all the NYCFC Hawaiian shirts are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy, dude. I never even thought of that myself until people would compare me, you know, to like the the oh. Brightonian Weird Al or the Weird Al of New York City. And 
I as I was actually at a bar once, just minding my business in a suit after work, and some guy comes up to me and he says, "Dude, no disrespect, but you give me this weird Al Yankovic vibes." And I was like, "Dude, you don't even know me, but I do write parody songs like that's the same." So that's yeah, I I, I really embrace it. <laughs> at least people have better reasoning for you than me. I just get it because I have curly hair, and you know, who else do we know with curly hair? Apparently. You're also like probably a foot and a half shorter than we are. I'm a, I'm like a foot and a half to two feet shorter than everybody. Have you met me in person? Oh, God. Still I, tall. I have, no, have another pleasure. Still taller than Connor Laid. Still taller than Connor Laid. Everyone's taller than Connor. Yeah, that's not an accomplishment anymore. <laughs> that's actually not. That's not true. My wife is shorter than Connor Laid. So there, there's, there's your, there's your. Uh, there's always, there's always there. Bigly. Oh, there is always Bigly. Andy, I, unfortunately, during the beginning of the, or at least the post-MLS is back tournament, the beginning of the restart of the MLS season, there was this baseball team playing in your stadium. And, I mean, that just has to be the most annoying thing when a baseball team is playing at your home field. I got to ask, from inside the fan base, you know, some you see things all over social media and you see all over Twitter people's responses and stuff, but how... Did it feel sharing a stadium with your rival? Like, how did it feel from within the fan base? Maybe uh, someone might not be aware of. Um, the fans were not happy at all. I mean, the supporters were not happy at all. There were like protests, you know, people didn't show up to the games. But I, the, the way that I tried to see it was the big picture. Like, there were many teams who had played other home games at rival stadiums like Manchester United, I believe, played at Anfield. Uh, the Yankees have played at the old Shea Stadium when their stadium was under construction. Jets and Giants shared Giants Stadium. So, you know, I was like, why, why are people suddenly drawing the line? Because NYC, you know, are playing home games at Red Bull Arena. Like, we don't have a stadium. Yeah, our FO should be completely held responsible. But at the end of the day, you know, we shouldn't punish the players. Like, they're not doing anything wrong. They're trying to help us get results. So um, that, that's the way I try to look at it, you know. But that's just me. Unfortunately, not everyone sees it that way. No, and, and I think I, the I, first thing that everyone says is, is no one ever mad at the team. It's the FO, then the front office that... I mean, you guys objectively you. have been dicked around with for seven or eight years, however long NYC has been around. They promise you a stadium in the five boroughs, and they keep trying to make it. And then you've had to play in baseball stadiums. You have to oh. play in Connecticut. You've got to play at RBA, and you really don't have a place to call home, which sucks as a as a you know as a fan of a team to not have a real place to call home. And then you know us as rivals, we go to a lot of the away games at Yankee Stadium, and we don't enjoy watching soccer on a baseball pitch either. So, yeah, we really feel for you on the, on the fact that you guys can't get a home. And, you know, as Red Bull fans, we were kind of a bit upset a bit about it, too. But no one blames the team or the players. We, we really do just see that as the front office fucking up. It was the one. Every, Red Bull fans reacted much the same way as you guys did. But I was the one sitting there going, let's do this. Build a supporter work. section it, on the other end of the uh, stadium. Andy, you're, unfortunately, Andy, you're about, get, you're about to it's hear an argument so much right now. better and more angry. <laughs> that can't first of all i really don't think <laughs> nycfc would want to come to RB. think it about how much more drunk happen. i can get and yell at people it won't more happen. That happens, nycfc so much more fun no no 
But that's not one, not because true. Not but number two, anybody, that's not it. Doesn't mean it. it's not going to work. I believe NYCFC <laughs> will find a home within the five boroughs because overall, like, but like I, like Dre just said, like Dre well, just said, as away traveling supporters going so to Yankee Stadium, not it's not fun. It's not. First of all, where we are, it's not a great view. But I'm not saying as the away fan, I need to have this spectacular view. But I would actually like to go to a soccer stadium within the five boroughs and be able to watch a soccer game in a soccer stadium. And like Dre as well said, for seven years to be dipped around like that, that's got to be completely unfair. Um, yeah, I think there's two major reasons why we don't have a stadium right now. The first one being FO. Like if you look at the people who started the team from day one, it was like, I don't want to mess up any names, but Claudio Reyna was definitely a part of it. Um, John Patrickoff, who's no longer part of the team, neither is Claudio Reyna. There was another one, um, Soriano, I believe. His last name was the owner of the Yankees. Um, you know, we had a lot of, I feel like the vision for this team, it was, it was there, you know, it was clear. But over the years, we've had just so many new people come in. We have such a new front office, you know, like a new president. Um, if we even, I don't even know if we have a president. It's like kind of weird right now how that situation is. So I think that we've just lost, you know, um, we've lost our, our focus on the goal. And it's become harder when you don't have, you know, the same day one people who are there anymore. You know, it's, it, it's not the day ones. It's new people. The second biggest reason is the land situation. Like I went to a meeting uh, in the Bronx where they discuss like a sa a stadium project. And basically one of the biggest problems is that first you have to buy the land from the person who owns it, but then you also have to get the approval from the city. And it's just a lot of work and a lot of paperwork and a lot of money that's being exchanged. You know, it's not like they can just sit down and shake hands and overnight we get a stadium. So I also know that I, I think that also NYCFC fans maybe don't remember that Red Bulls were around since 95 and also tried getting a stadium in the five boroughs and it didn't work. So I don't know, you know, like how NYCFC fans thought we were just going to like walk into the league and it was going to be different for us. I knew it was going to be difficult maybe over 10 years. Um, so yeah, well, let, let's see what happens in five years. <laughs> <laughs> and and you do you do make a very good point because I actually remember I was also very young going to Metro Stars games and experience soccer culture for the first time and you know I do remember hearing like there were plans to try to get the team moved into the five boroughs and it just unfortunately it's extremely difficult in within the five boroughs to knock down blocks and build a stadium that's a lot of money and like you said it's a ton of paperwork. Um, Dre, you're actually going to finish up our questions here, so go I ahead. Will. So, um, Andy, we have learned that you are also involved in the American Outlaws Bronx chapter and kind of the U.S. men's national team as well, which all of us here are fans with. And I, I just got to say, we're all pretty excited for the future as well. But as a supporter um, and, a, and a member of the AO, what are some of your favorite American Outlaw stories, games, any kind of uh, cool stories you got from being an AO member? Um, yeah, man. Uh, when I first joined American Outlaws, I was like 17 years old and I tried starting AO Bronx. But because I was 17, you know, they were like, 
dude, you can't even get into a bar. Like, how are you thinking of running a chapter? But <laughs> yeah, uh, we found a bar where kids, you know, were getting drunk. Literally kids my age were getting drunk there. No one asked for ID. So it became the home bar. I, I was like, you know, low key running shit. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on here, but I was running. Yeah, go for hell, it. Though. Hell, we, we beat the shit at the, at the explicit button. We take it out back and hit it with bats. I mean, you are yeah. good, dude. Go ahead. All the F-bombs you want. But yeah, no, it was just really great, like being so young, trying to start, um, you know, a chapter and the support that other people gave me, you know, from other chapters that were like, hey, good luck or like reach out to this guy. I know he lives in the Bronx. He might help. Um, and yeah, it, yeah, man, like just being a teenager, you know, getting drunk at bars, watching soccer games. It's, it, there's nothing better than that. <laughs> You're not, you're not wrong. Do you have any, like, particularly, uh, have you been to any games, whether they're at uh, Giant Stadium or RBA or anywhere else, and w what are some of like, the games that stand out for you? Oh, wow, man. Yeah, I've been to, I've been to a lot of, um, of U.S. soccer games, like, over 10, maybe 15. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe Copa America, just because, like, the pregame, the night before in Philly, then, like, the game itself, it's got to be, like, the best... Um, the best i don't know atmosphere i've ever been right. at for a u.s soccer event um but even like the pre-world cup in 2014 you know like uh like the game at red bull arena that night before party like i was a teenager then so those were crazy um i'd say like any night before party you know that's usually where you meet other people who are there to have a good time you know love the same team that you do then with u.s soccer there's so much to talk about so it's, uh, you know, I, I love out of all my favorite teams in the world, U.S. soccer is number one. Nice. Yeah, nice, I, nice. I was about to say, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, like I was lucky enough to get invited on like a last second call to go into the city. Andy, we've we've crossed paths. I'm between the Metro Stars back in the day to, you know, American Outlaw parties the night before a U.S. men's or women's national game. A Andy, we've crossed paths. I've just, you know. Now I'm going to be looking for your face. But, <laughs> okay. but really, I, I do. Some of those parties are nuts. Like some of the just, but you know what's the best part about it all? It's just the amount of passion and pride people have for their, for the nation's team. And it's like, it kind of all hits you in the face, especially years ago that like, there is this much passion for soccer in this country. And it's, and it's wonderful. And it's only getting better and better every single day. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. If I don't know if anyone listening has ever been to an AO night before party, but once those World Cup qualifiers come back, you you won't want to miss out. Oh, it is. Oh, it. Oh, that's it. Well, at least the next time that comes around, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna hit you up because I'm gonna come find you, Andy. <laughs> Sounds good, man. And let's hope that COVID has you know um, is like a thing of the past by then. Uh, we sure hope so. I mean, I was about to say, I, 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 I pray to my God, Clint Dempsey, every single <laughs> night that he just scores COVID away with a beautiful sweeping right kick. That's a decent but, job to have. Uh, you know, I mean, he's delivered for us in the past. So, I mean, let's, let's all hope. Speaking of things we got to talk about, Andy, since you are here, we are going to get into some of our soccer talk, and we're going to talk about the game over the last couple of days, NYCFC did take on one of the former league leaders in Columbus. I mean, overall, I had a lot of fun watching this game. I'm going to hand this one off to you, Andy, first to describe your thoughts from an NYCFC point of view. But when I was watching this game, 
it felt like there was this was playoff atmosphere. This was a game that had high energy back and forth. From an NYCFC point of view, what did you think? Um, from an NYCFC point of view, for a while, I know that we need a striker. There are too many games that we have like 10 shots on goal. The other team ends up getting a penalty or one shot, and that's the one that wins. And Eber's injured, so we don't even have like an actual striker. Yeah, Maxi Morales is back, but we don't have a striker. I think that that that's what the team lacks the most. I don't. I know a lot of people are saying that we need to get like a new coach. That this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But I personally feel like we have such a small squad. We have like I think only 19 players right now that are you know healthy and active. So it's like. Can we get some more players, please, you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. Um, I mean, the game, Columbus outplayed us. You know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, if the team wants to improve, I don't know. We got to sign a new striker, maybe get a new coach next season. Let's see how we do in the playoffs, you know? No, dude, and, and, and you make a lot of key points. And I'm going to now hand this off to Kyle. Kyle, you've been right from the beginning of the season. You've talked about how Columbus needs to be given a little bit more respect. And going into the season, half of this podcast, me included, didn't give Columbus that respect. So from your point of view, I mean, as Andy said, Columbus did a very good job in this game. Absolutely they did. And they've had a, a rough spot in the last few games. I think they, what they draw, they drew one and then lost two. One was postponed. They've had a run of bad luck, but I think this game might be the start of them getting back on track. I mean, yes, they beat New York City, but with the way New York City's defense usually plays, I don't. That's not an easy win, so I will give them respect there. But Columbus is looking up. They're six points clear of New England, and with almost a week before they play Houston. I mean, and you make some good points. And it's I mean, Trent, I, I also think that there might be something in the water in New York with New York teams not signing strikers. Well, I just, <laughs> it's a co- it's a common theme. I was um, just going to hand that off to you, Dre. I mean, New York teams not having strikers. Where have I heard this before? Uh, we know. have very young and inexperienced strikers, but it's a bit of a different problem than what NYCFC has. And I guess it's kind of under the radar, but I didn't notice how depleted NYCFC's squad was. I know Maxim Morales was out for a while and just recently got back. I know it bears out and he's not coming back this year. He's, he's definitely like March or April of next year return. Um, I, I didn't realize they were like just down to like 19 players, which is barely, you know, the starting 11 in the bench. But on top yeah, of that, man. I uh, at the beginning of the season, I think it was Kyle and I, but we kind of rated NYCFC as like one of the teams to look out for because you guys finished real strong last season. And I definitely had them on my list of teams to watch because I'm like, NYCFC could do some things this year. And I feel like those injuries to Ebert and Morales kind of just pretty much derailed your season and um it's i mean i'm sure you guys are happy to have morales back but when you've played so long without those two key players you kind of lose the identity of the team and that feels like to me what happened in this game and uh, why they couldn't pull it off um agreed but uh funny enough people were criticizing ever because games that he does play he doesn't score so you know, um, maybe it, he also was injured um, earlier in the season, you know, so maybe it's the fact that he's just like so injury prone that he's like losing his form. But, you know, uh, 2018 or I'm sorry, 2019 ever and 2020 ever have not been the same, you know. Oh, yeah. Player. 
No, and I mean, I, you all make great points. I mean, honestly, I really like it, it, it. Overall, like I said at the beginning, this dude, this seemed like a playoff game with how back and forth it was. A couple final notes I have that I really don't feel like anyone really talked about. I mean, I believe, I mean, especially now that Rui Diaz is off with his national team, or at least he's, you know, quarantining until he comes back. I believe that Zarde-Santos combination for Columbus at this point has to be probably one of the most deadly one-two punches in the league. And they continue to remind people. Uh, Overall, I I just... A couple things here worried me for NYCFC is they did dictate a lot of the possession here. And And exactly like what you said, Andy, it's just not finishing those chances. But the most encouraging thing for me, at least from an NYCFC point of view, is the fact that Keaton Park had another solid game in the midfield. And overall, he's becoming probably one of my favorite midfielders in the league. Sean Johnson made some saves that he had no business making. So you always know that you're going to get a good game from him. But then in return, as we were talking about before we started recording, Maxi Morales got his first minutes in quite some time in this game. And I think it was, what, two minutes? of being on the field and he set up a ball that should have been put in the back of the net. I think once he starts getting that regular playing time, and I think he'll get there right before the playoffs start. NYCFC might be in a position where their number 10 is back. And I think that'll put NYCFC in a great position to make a few upsets, possibly going through those playoffs. Uh, yeah. One can hope man. Uh, Sean Johnson, also an incredible player. Uh, the fans, been pretty hard on him saying that he's been unreliable uh that we need like another goalkeeper but i personally think he's you know very decent i think that him and keaton if they want to you know become permanent players on the u.s men's national team they got to go to europe and keaton was playing for benefica so i don't know like whose idea that was to bring him back here but you know i don't know man like you hear all the uh the analysts saying it that you know if we want our players to succeed they have to go to europe and honestly i'm not arguing with you and i really think keaton park may have just gotten himself into the city soccer group so who knows he might be someone who ends up going to a manchester city in the near future he's still young enough and i have faith in the kid i think he's going to do well and i think sean johnson really competes for possibly that number two spot behind Old Columbus goalie, Stefan, that's it. Oh, my God, I blanked out. Oh, my God. Clint Dempsey, please forgive me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, very well said. Let's see what happens, you know? Hey, you know what? I'm telling you right now, Andy, we had an absolutely incredible time having you on. We're definitely going to have you back on in the near future. We don't plan on stopping anytime soon, and you're going to be our guy inside the NYCFC fan base. So you better (laughs) pick up the phone when we give you a call. Yeah, sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm not going to lie. When uh, when you first sent me the DM and you were like, we're all Red Bulls fans. We want you to come on the podcast. I was like, oh, my God, these guys are going to, like, rip me apart. You know, just be (laughs) like, we. I don't know. But, yeah, it went well. (laughs) No, I was about, hey, you know what, dude? We try our best. people screw with us it's we're usually pretty nice i was about to say we're we try to be the nicest fans in the ml at least yeah i think we hate each other more than we hate other i am (laughs) (laughs) when we start talking about the red bull we have to like section off an entire 20 minute 
you know, little column, like, oh, let's make sure we don't fit anything else in here because we're going to go on rants. <laughs> yeah. but Andy, where, Andy, so people can find these videos on their own. Where can they find you and all of your material? Instagram and Twitter at the neck of throgs. All right, yeah. perfect. <laughs> Right, we will perfect. throw that in the show notes for everyone along with the videos so you guys can find it pretty easily. Absolutely perfect. So, Andy, thank you once again. And, uh, dude, have a great evening. Cheers, man. And Thanks, sorry Andy. if I traumatize anyone with those videos. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you guys have for having me on. Wonderful night. having Bye. you. Take it easy, man. Man, dude. I'm glad you stuck around. Plenty more of Post and Pints action to talk about. Plenty more MLS action to talk about. But we'd like, once again, to thank our guest, Andy. We had such a great time with him. Remember to go check him out on his social media pages. We're also going to put his stuff in the show notes. Please go check him out. He's hysterical. His music is great. Definitely going to come back on. And I'm telling you right now, I had a lot more fun than I thought I was. And I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad he came on. But guys, we have MLS action to talk about. And Dre, there was a Western Conference game that kicked off pretty nicely, did it not? Absolutely. Was it really? (laughs) It was for one of the teams. So first game we're going to talk about this week is Houston Dynamo versus Nashville. And this game to me was less about the fact that Nashville won the game. It was a 3-1 game. It was more to me that Houston had chances. They had chance after chance after chance, and they blew it by their poor finishing. So Houston, to me, um, kind of lost this game just by nature of that. Kyle, what do you got to say? Well, I don't know how much credit to really give Nashville because Houston is just fucking abysmal. Three goals in eight minutes. You just your offense was completely dead until uh, Martinez came on for Darwin Serwin. And that was like, what, right at the half, right near the half? I just, I don't know what you're doing on either side of the ball. They just passed the mark for 30 goals allowed. I'm pretty sure they're one of, if not the biggest train wreck in the MLS now that DC is on a seemingly uphill. <laughs> I mean, you got be, I, I was saying, you guys like, Give credit to Nashville, guys. Do Come I have, on. No, that's you the have thing. To, I'm not. I'm not not giving credit to Nashville. I just don't know how much credit to give them because, like, but, no, you kicked a baby that, in the face. It's no, not that but, impressive. No, no. Give Nashville credit. Nashville deserves the respect of the MLS, as any other team is getting. Nashville is a brand new club that, in less than a year, has a foundation of not only veteran experience. Rookie talent. Such amazing players like Alex Mwil. Alex Mwil, the only man that matters. Alex first of all, first of all, first of all, don't you doubt Alex Mwil. I have a statistic for you that came up not too, too long ago. You Alex think, Mwil, you really think I have all people would doubt the Wheel of Fortune? Alex Mwil <laughs> covered more ground than anyone else in the MLS this week. I'm sorry, that sounds like a guy who's doing an absolutely incredible job. Time to put respect on Nashville. Friendly reminder to the rest of the league i also called at the beginning of the season nashville was going to do better this year than miami and i'm telling you right now with the way things are going nashville is going to do just fine although dax mccarty didn't get minutes in this game dax mccarty did an absolutely incredible job as a captain for a brand new club to provide this foundation that a lot of other let's be credit here there are clubs that have been around for about five ten years that don't have the foundation that nashville have 
They have a culture there that is just baffling for only being there a year. They have the goal scorers. They have the defense. This is a team that should be pushing. Pinpoint passes. But that's what I'm saying. Like, this isn't a team that's been around for less than 365 days. Like, let's be honest here. You watch Nashville. And you're excited for the fact that, wow, this team is brand new. And I'm not saying they turned into an Atlanta United where they're just going to throw a fuck ton load of money everywhere and just buy superstars. Honestly, a lot of people, unless you I watch lie to you, I give a lot of credit to Nashville. Nashville's a team that I turn on and then realize that they're not Columbus after 30 minutes. But, I'm t- <laughs> but, you, but here's, this is my only downside, and I think this is what hurt not having Dax McCarty on the field, is... After the first 35 minutes, Nashville allowed Houston all the pressure. And you can't have that. And, but you- here's what I was getting at. Even with all the pressure they put on, Houston got shots. They got shots off, and they, they were putting pressure on the defense and the goalkeeper. They just could not finish. They couldn't finish in a whorehouse so, in that but, game. But that's what I'm saying. But here's the thing. You can't blame Nashville for Houston not knowing how to put ball in net. Ball in net, not difficult. Ball in net, very easy. Ball in net, very difficult. Houston. Alex I'm saying, on fire. I'm, fire I, I'm just saying along the lines of, first of all, put respect on Alex Wheel. Always put respect on Alex Wheel. But I'm telling you right now, dude, McTar had a free kick in this game to have that third goal. I, I'm sorry, is this just becoming an every week thing? I'm actually getting Oof. sick. I'm getting sick and fucking tired of hearing all these European snobs come in and saying that the MLS has no action. I bet you in one week of MLS play, there was more draw or, you know, one team leading the league by 90 points is clearly way more impressive and entertaining. I'm just saying, put some respect on Nashville. You two. R E S P E E K. Guys, we had an incredible game which i don't think really was supposed to be an incredible game this was supposed to be about as walk in the park as walk in the parks get dc united a very struggling dc united took on supporter shield contenders in the philadelphia union and uh, guys a 2-2 draw i mean guys did philly play bad did dc play well i mean uh, you know what Uh, i'm gonna start this off with dre i mean philadelphia like Come on. In this game, Philadelphia embodied the value that you've learned through all of youth soccer, through every single coach you have growing up as a kid, to a teenager, to a goddamn full-blown adult playing soccer. And that is play to the whistle and don't give up on the play. Both of Philly's goals came from the players not giving up on the goal when there were tackles. There was a, a scrum, the ball's loose, and, and you know some players would just either clear it or just kind of give up like, oh, yeah, the, the other team got it back. Or No, you don't give up on the play, and that's how Philly got both of their goals. It really just showed the dedication that they have to making this season something special. On top of that, you have some youngsters contributing, got Fontana, you have uh, McKenzie. Mark, Mark McKenzie. What a goal from Mark McKenzie. You should really tell My Mark God. McKenzie that he he's not a striker. And and on top of that, you have Jabilka who like could have taken that shot, and he's like, nope, I'm stepping back and, and let McKenzie take it. But that McKenzie goal doesn't happen if I forget who got the assist on it, but that guy right on right on the goal line, you know, didn't give up on the play and made that pass. And and the first goal was very similar in that. There was a whole lot of chaos going on. Don't give up on the play. And Philly did not give up on the play. They lived that value. And that's what 
got them their two points. Sorry, one point, two goals. They didn't win the game, but they came damn close, and they came back because of of that value. And Kyle, I'm going to now hand this off to you. DC United played well? Question mark. Confused face. This, but I think that's the one I'm going with, and I think I'm going to completely disagree with Dre. The Union were missing one of their key players in Creoval. They had to switch to a 4-4-2, and quite frankly, I think it hurt them a decent amount. I don't think they looked as good as they usually look. Whereas Chris Ashton, his first home game since not Mary Cater Ashley, a.k.a. Ben Olsen, got fired. You know, DC comes Aww. out. They put on an impressive match against one of the better teams in the league. I'm saying that Philly played amazingly what i am saying is that they wouldn't have gotten back from from being down 2-1 if they hadn't just grinded it out and not giving up on every single play play to the whistle that was the case in both teams but like my 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 biggest play that i can name that is the case for dc being in the game for once dc was able to for once counterattack and manage to score off a terrible throw in by kai wagner DC has not been the team to able to capitalize. But that's what you have. But, but that's what you have to do when you're a team like DC. You can't let your like any mistake your opponent gives you. You have to take advantage of. I'm a one little... thing I will say though, in agreeing with Trey, Chris Seitz looked fucking terrible. I mean, again, you guys, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but How I'm do you also rebound like... a ball in the middle of three of the most dangerous people on Philly's offense. And somehow nobody touches it, and that's how you manage to tie a game. Mm-hmm. That's just fucking impressive uh, stupidity to me. I for for I honestly I, I want to dive in with Philly a little bit here. I felt like this game. I think this is the wake up call Philly needed. I think this was kind of the slap in the face, dunking head in cold water, where they're like, "Hey, it's not going to be all sunshines and daisies going forward. Like, if you don't play your game." It doesn't matter who you're playing. You could get upset. And let's be clear here. If this game was last five results, it, it, you can get knocked down a peg in this league easy. Exactly. You got to step it up. And Philly, we got faith in you, man. We got faith in you. Bad things happen Especially in Philadelphia. Especially when you start Fantana at the number 10 because I love it. By the way, also congratulations to Brendan Aronson, who is at the end of the season confirmed going to be going to Red Bull Salzburg. Jesse Marsh is going to get another American. Oh, boy. So for our last segment of the week, uh, we had Portland versus LAFC, which saw 16-year-old Christian Torres once again embarrass Portland late in the game in what turned into a 1-1 draw. What do you guys think? Do they know it's a 90-minute game? First of all, why is it that all the young little kids who should be in high school, why are they terrorizing the MLS? Like... Do these kids not have bedtimes? Do these kids not, you know, like... Well, Torres and Clark, like, they got together and they finished their history homework early so they could score goals. They're rewriting <laughs> history. What are you talking about? They're physically rewriting the history. But it, to go into Portland, like, it's exactly as you said. Portland, the game is 90 minutes plus stoppage time. Like, I'll never forget, there used to be this sign at Red Bull Arena that says, for the full 90, but they would give up like goals in the 92nd and 93rd minute. And the ongoing joke was someone should say it's 90 minutes plus stoppage time. Overall though, I mean, Portland played 
a great game. They really did. They had the chances. They hit the counterattack. This was a Portland football game. They need to beat teams like LAFC. LAFC is not good enough to be at Portland's level this season, especially with no Carlos Vela. This is Portland dropped the ball in this game. This Portland drawing this game is Portland's fault. I'm not taking anything away from LAFC, but this is Portland's fault that they didn't walk away from this game with all three points against a Western Conference rival. Really, you look at it. Everyone on this team did an absolutely incredible job. Felipe Mora once again being the player of the match. I can't ask for much more from this Portland side. But you guys have to finish games like this. You're not. You can ask for four or five minutes more. That might be a fair. <laughs> no, so this game definitely was a tough, tough, tough one for LAFC, but they did do some things right, and those things they did right got them one point at the end of the day in a game that arguably they probably had no business getting any points out of. A team that starts Bradley Wright Phillips, who couldn't get 30 minutes at Red Bull last year is playing some games 90 minutes, some games 70, some games 80 minutes for LAFC. Granted, they have some injury trouble, but how he, wet he was he? Minutes in. Oh, soaked, drenched. Oh, okay. um, just there was sure. one one decent opportunity BWP got where there was a pass landed right in his toes. He just couldn't couldn't control the ball well enough to put it in the net. But here is where LAFC recognized, all right, there's something's not working. We got to change it. And they did a triple change in the 75th minute, including taking off 35-year-old Bradley Wright Phillips for 16-year-old Christian Torres. And that was the key change because at the very, very end of the game, Christian Torres scores a 90th-minute goal that ends up getting the tie for LAFC. Now, you know, it wasn't a it, it, it was a scrappy game, and LAFC was definitely outplayed for a bunch of it in terms of the shots and, and, and the shots on target, all that LAFC was outplayed. But the shots that LAFC did have, you know, Portland's goalie had to play off his head to block some of them. And this then game that, annoyed that me. That triple change did the job. Later, not, like, it's like, that like, one shot that matters. No, but this game, but that's what I'm saying. Like, this game fucking annoyed me. I'm pulling for Portland. I would li- I would have liked to see Portland walk away with the victory here. You, they are the better team on paper in the standings. They ha- they played their game plan. If I was Portland's coach right now, I would be absolutely furious that you allowed a team like LAFC to come in and do what they did. What seconds before the final whistle was just blown? Let them come I'm like, in there and tickle your bumhole. It's not. I'm just, you know, okay. well, I, I, no, I'm just, I'm fucking pissed. I'm fucking pissed about it. Watching this game, staying up late, watching this game. I like, I've never been more annoyed at almost midnight, but like, you know, thank you, Portland, for, you know, being the reason why there's a minute. That's where we differ. I'm usually annoyed at eight in the morning. I'm fine at midnight. <laughs> Man, guys, this MLS season, I get. You know, COVID and everything, everything's going on. But like, we're the only a f- we're only a few weeks away from the playoffs. We're only a few weeks away from decision day. We're going to be doing a special event for that, so you might want to keep an eye out for that. But overall, guys, like this is this has been an incredible season. I mean, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Look at my pick totals. Speaking of pick totals, Kyle, um, do you mind breaking down who's in first? What's in second? What what's that joke with the baseball? Who's on first? What's on second? Uh, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, I don't pretty know sure yesterday's there. pitching. Oh, yesterday <laughs> yesterday's pitching. Well, who's yeah. that catching today? <laughs> uh, um 
Yes, another week is ticked down as we get nearer to decision day and inevitable fucking disappointment if you're a Red Bull fan. Uh, we the have best time of the year. <laughs> I can't wait to see how we fuck up this year. Uh, so this week we have Alex and Dre in the lead with nine points. What up, bitch? Matt right behind them with eight points. I tried my best. On for another week in a row. Standing on the sidelines, sucking dick for fun instead of capitalizing and getting mm. any ground in this whole thing. Yummy. With five points. Hey, Just hey, a- you better you better put some respect on my name. I'm the first one to break a hundred, all right? Okay, some, yeah, I'm getting there. On my name. No, I broke a hundred totals. I broke a hundred. I know, I did it totals, first. You have the Ukrainian with the dirty bro. asshole with 102 points. Yeah, you have we said you got a you have everybody's least favorite mustache with 99 points. Hey, how you doing? Oh, 99. Sorry, 97 <laughs> points. You have. Oh, wow. Oh, that fucking sucked. You have sucked. Alejandro with 99 points. And you have you me just with 95. You want to pick a fight points. with everyone today, don't you? I'm trying. Please kill Clearly, me. Clearly. <laughs> I'm going to shit on you while you sleep tonight. I want you to know that. <laughs> Please, oh, that leave my mouth quickly. open. Hey, and hey, just friendly <laughs> reminder that's going to be on our Instagram. That's going to be on our Instagram live, so you're definitely going to want to see that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll record it. <laughs> I, I was just going to show up in the middle of the night like I usually do and just stand over your bed. But I mean, that's that's from Clerks too. Oh, oh, God, no. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Dre, oh God. are we going to hear the end of a specific story today at the Farmer's Market Minute, we're, or does the story continue? We're getting very close, but a very important part of the journey is over. So... This week in the Farmer's Market Minute, Freddie Adu completes his stint at Benfica, which included four, that's why I count them, four loan spells away from Benfica. That's and a lot of free travel. That's a lot of free travel, really, on, on their dime. Um, after his four loans at Benfica, he makes his return to the MLS, where he began at 15 years old with dc but this time around he's not playing for dc he's playing for another east coast team in the philadelphia union so yeah that that guy (laughs) played for philly union and surprisingly enough i said last week when he played in the second division of turkey he finally started scoring some goals well when he got to the union he finally started getting regular play time week after week after week and kind of got like a regular team he spent a year and a half at the Philadelphia Union, which is the longest time he spent with any team in at least four years. In those, in those one and a half years with the Philadelphia Union, he scored seven goals, but he was a consistent starter until about 2013. So that is kind of where we left off with him in the MLS. And next week, we talk about Freddie Dew's travels, again, overseas, but this time it's not to Europe. Stay tuned. Don't mind me. I'm just looking up a Philadelphia Union jersey with uh, Freddie Adu's name and number on the back. I'm going to hit up Adam. Adam's going to have to find some way, shape, and form to get me a (laughs) Freddie Adu Philadelphia Union jersey. Guys. That could be a worse offense than wearing a Red Bull jersey. (laughs) uh, He's an American icon. What do you want me to do about it? Don't you give me that look. Speaking of giving me that look, guys. It's the part of the episode where we sit down, lay on that really comfortable chair at the therapist's office, and talk about our feelings. Alex, 
you came in pretty hot in this episode. Did I? Drinking shots of, doing shots of Jameson out of your tushy toilet shot glass. I'm excited to hear this story. I want to. I want to know why. It's not even an exciting story. It's a very typical story. I feel in in this country, and uh, it's my health insurance went up today. I was uh, brought in to my boss's office, and they basically told me that it's going to be another nine dollars a week, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but nine dollars a week eventually, you know, adds up for the same exact coverage. And this is the same health insurance that I've been waiting a year for for a dental card, and they have yet to send it to me. So I'm just not happy, man. I'm not happy. So, you know, I came out strong tonight and I got through about a third of this bottle already. Because, you know, in America, when you can't afford medicine, you self-medicate with Jameson. Thank God you, bless the USA. Thank you. I was about to say, man. Just refuse to go anywhere. I've, take I've, I've been doing it for years. Don't worry, Alex. <laughs> that and Fig Newtons. There's nothing more American. And Fig Newtons. <laughs> Wow this, is, wow, this is extremely dangerous to have a sticker on the front windshield of my car, but I do love Fig Newtons. <laughs> oh, is Talladega Nights not a classic? God, we're getting off topic. Kyle, what happens to be pissing you off this week? Well, mine is also a story of my wallet. So, I don't, I don't know if we discussed... I know I've discussed with you. I don't think I've discussed it on here. My washer dryer decided to take a shit, which it so take a leak. <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> I see what he did there. So it exploded twice. I had to shop back up water like three fucking times in one week in my fucking kitchen. Uh, ironically, every time I think my friend Colin was here. Weird. I think Colin is the one who's breaking everything in the house. It very well fucking could be. I don't really know. But, um, so, so we out. get that done. I call a repair company, 75 fucking dollars to even look at it. I mean, I work at a job where it's a free estimate. So like, go fuck yourself. $75 to look at. Something. <laughs> um, they basically tell me, fuck you. It's not worth it. So I just spent fucking 1500 on a new washer today. Cause I don't like money. Oh, yeah. Andre, Andre, what's so, pissing you off? What's pissing me off is. As mentioned earlier on episodes of this podcast, I recently became engaged. Is it because your asshole issues? Is that why you're mad? No, my asshole's perfectly fine. Um, Recently got engaged, and my fiance and I have been doing wedding searching, and you know we've checked out a couple of venues in person, and this and that. And there's one that we really found that we like online that like is arguably like our favorite on paper. We just haven't been there yet, and we've been playing fucking phone tag with this goddamn venue for like weeks now before I even went out to Utah and on that vacation, we've been trying to get in contact with them through email. And then they're like, Oh, you can come on Saturdays at this time. Then like, okay, cool. We'll come like, Oh yeah, by the way, you can only come through Monday through Friday. We're like, motherfucker, you just said Saturday. And they're like, okay, cool. Can we come on Tuesday? No answer. And I'm like, bro, you said Monday through Friday. It's Tuesday. No answer. So I'm just like out here playing fucking phone tag with these guys. And I understand it's COVID time. So like we're giving them, we're giving them a pass until we at least go and show up at the venue and look at it. And then from there, like, you know, if they continue communicating like assholes, we'll, we'll, we'll make decisions going forward. But yeah, I bro, mean, I feel like you have to make a good to make impression. A call. I feel like you got to make a good impression when you're dealing with people's weddings. Yeah. Like, bro, we're probably like we're going to not give answering you, like, the phone to even book the venue is not the best look. We're literally going to probably give you like 15 to $20,000. That's you answer the phone for that call. Um, 
But yeah, that's kind of what's annoying me right now and pissing me off this week. Man, you guys have like a lot better stories than I do. <laughs> like, I like I actually had to think about it, like on the car ride home today. I'm like, what is pissing me off this week? Tobin Heath is already more impressive. And no, no, I'm actually. I'm actually extremely happy that Tobin Heath and Kristen Press are more famous on as a Manchester United player than any one of the sackless pieces of shit that <laughs> represent the men's side. I'm not talking about you, Bruno Fernandes. I love you. Please don't ever leave. Um, <laughs> no, what's pissing me off this week, and I, and I talk about it a lot. I talk about it on Twitter a lot. I, I, really, I really dive in heavily. It's the international breaks when it's just friendlies. Dre is flipping me off, but I want to exp- I want to explain my case really quickly. Yeah, let's risk COVID exposure for these pointless fucking games that don't mean anything. But let me make it relevant to the MLS. We are an MLS podcast. You have players playing for teams that are in the playoff hunt, in the supporter shield hunt, who not only had to leave for two weeks to go play their game, but now got no minutes. Some of these players got no minutes for their club. So basically they left their team where they could have been used for a playoff push. No, they're going to go sit on the bench for their country, not play one minute, but now can't play for an additional two weeks because they have to quarantine during a pandemic for a game. I know what that's like. I have no idea what it's like watching Kamar Lawrence not play for four weeks when he's still in the United States. Zero clue what that's like. And that's exactly my point. If the games don't mean shit, they shouldn't happen. That's it. That's really it. Dre's going to continue you get flipping. Cristiano with COVID. That's and that's that's another point. In a game that meant absolutely nothing, if Cristiano Ronaldo misses his game against Barcelona, that's just robbing the world of good you know, Champions League soccer. Oh yeah, that's it. I'm a little. You know Cristiano's contract to the world. world. He owes he you know he owes the entire world fandom seven billion people he owes them he to owes, play Barcelona. Oh I'm, oh, I'm sorry. He owns Juventus, who pay his contract. He doesn't owe anyone to play anything against Barcelona. So this is how I look at it. If I was the point a is, club, if he left to play a pointless game, and then he can't be on the field for the Barcelona game, and then Juventus lose to gonna, Barcelona. How are we going to? He shouldn't have left for that game. How are we going to simultaneously be excited for World Cup, be excited for Euro Cup, be excited for the fact that two week or two months ago Cristiano Ronaldo scored his hundredth goal for his international team, and at the same fucking time come around and shit at international games? Go fuck yourself! Come on, man. No, I, Ukraine. In this Ukraine in this situation, I don't think international Spain. football should be being played. Like, Ukraine just first of all for the first time. No in one seven cares games. about. No, no these one games shouldn't be being played. First of all, because like, look, regardless of how he got it or whose fault it was, the fact of the matter is, Cristiano was on the field and could have pos- and had COVID, and was seen taking pictures with the entire France side. He could have infected an entire team. These games should not happen. Having having club games within country is already risky enough. Quickly before we break down our social medias and all of our other jazz. Hey, no, hey, that's hey, that's what I'm here for. I'm here where we're all yelling and yelling at Dre because he's a fucking idiot. Guys, we have <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that they're fan questions, but they are fan requests, I would more say along those lines. So we actually got from our good friend Gladys. A very, very good friend of the pod, heart emojis endless. 
but she did have a question for the pod. Is Kyle really shirtless if there are no photos? So, Kyle, for I'm going to... For you that, you're going to have to join the Patreon and find That's out. That's right. There it is. I took myself and to th- say that, but Dre said it for me. Admittedly, I have wore shirts the last two weeks. I'm very sorry to let you all down. Yes. You are letting cold. us down. No, 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 seriously. I come in before and he goes, I turned the heat on, I'm cold. I'm like, Kyle, it's fucking hot as balls in this house. And the second fan request, for those, for those who do not know, the Philadelphia Union just won their game against the New England Revolution 2-1. That game did go final. If you're talking about our points, which we've already added up, or we haven't added up yet, who knows? That'll be figured out. But we all chose the Philadelphia Union to win that game. But our good buddy Adam Booth hit us up. He goes, I hope you guys are talking about how the Philadelphia Union just won. So, Adam, here you are. Philadelphia Union beat New England 2-1. We'll probably talk about that game next week. But, hey, who cares? Philadelphia is doing things. Bad things happen. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Adam Booth is the man. And that's that. That's all I had to say. Dre, how about you let everyone politely know where they can listen to us and where they can check us out on social media? So in the world of 2020, apparently there's like a thousand social media networks. And here are the ones you could find us at. We are on the Instagram. We're on the Facebook. We're on the Twitter machine. We're on the YouTube. And as we sit here chatting right now, we are on Discord please feel free to join us because honestly, I think I have the most fun on Discord because I get random people talking soccer with me and I'm like, oh, sweet, I never met you. Let's talk about sports. And it's a great time. So please hop on that Discord with us and chat some soccer. Dude, you are correct. And and Dre, where can they listen to us? And they can listen to us at a bunch of different podcasts, wherever you get yours, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all those. Please Guys, we encourage you to leave us a five-star review because that really helps us out. And you can let us know what you think about the show. So we encourage you to do that. Friendly reminder, don't leave us a four-star review. Five stars are bust, okay? If it's four <laughs> stars, Kyle's going to start putting on extra shirts. And no one Sweaters. We're talking no. sweaters. Get some good reviews. I will return to not wearing a shirt next week. If he gets enough five-star reviews, he's just going to go full birthday suit. And I'm telling you right now, that's some OnlyFans stuff, but you'd get it for free. <laughs> no, no, my OnlyFans is fully closed. Where you pay me to put clothes back on because I'm so fucking ugly. <laughs> for 25 bucks a month, he'll just walk around in a full three-piece suit. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And Alex, Alex, you're, you're having too much fun over there. I'm, I'm happy about it. But um... Alex... You, you have something insane. to talk about. I do have something to talk about. Uh, yeah, pretty soon, up? pretty soon. I mean, besides, uh, go follow our Patreon and subscribe to us. Um, pretty soon, Posts and Pints will have a website. A website where you'll be able to also listen to all our um, podcast recordings. We're going to have a merch section. We're going to have a support section. We're going to have some cool bios about us. You can make fun of Matt's mustache. Sorry, Matt, I had to. Um, but it's going to be awesome, guys, and it's not quite done yet. I'm still working out the, the kinks here and there, but we're hoping in the next week or two to have that ready for you guys, so get hyped and get ready. Even have a GoFundMe to buy Dre a tushy. 
You can give me all that GoFundMe money. You can give me all the GoFundMe and I will pretend the pandemic just struck and load up on toilet paper. Are you kidding me? We could give you all the GoFundMe, which would be $50, and you could support like three teams in the Farmers League for a year. Mm. Yeah, you know how many soccer balls you could buy for your hometown team? They would, they would build uh, a statue out of once, straw for you. I'll never have to drop out of a game again. Once we finish up with Freddie Adu, I'll give you guys some updates on uh, Garbate. <laughs> oh, thank, oh, thank God. Because I'm telling you right now, those poor farmers, I, I felt so bad <laughs> for them. Those poor farmers, <laughs> you know. farmers out of it. <sighs> guys, episode 39 is in the books. 39, good God. Who would have next? Yeah. Oh wait. So next, next week's, episode yeah, is going to be litty litty lit, fam. So Yo, next we week we're already giving you. Thing. Yeah. Next week we're giving everyone a preview. We're rocking forty ounce beers. That's uh, that's already happening. I, I I can't wait to grab my old English forty ounce. I really <laughs> can't wait, guys. Oh, it's gonna be so see, good. See, that's what I love about this, guys. We finish an episode and I'm like, God, I just want to keep going. But guys, for Kyle, Dre, Alex. My name is Matt. Guys, you've been listening to Post and Pints once again. If you ever want to talk to us at all, Dre even said, we do have the Discord. Join us on the Discord. But guys, as always, be safe, be well. Guys, we're two weeks away, or two or three weeks away from the end of the MLS season. And um, I'm excited. So, guys, till next time. Bye. I can't believe I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs>